Hey, and welcome back to another episode. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how the leadership landscape is constantly changing and evolving. And as we head into 2024, I'm in, I am anticipating several key trends that are poised to reshape how leaders operate and succeed this year. This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. All right, so let's dive right into it, into the areas that you should already be preparing for. Now, last year, if you remember, I uh, released another trends uh, for 2023 that I believe that was going to be incredibly relevant and necessary for us as we moved forward. But this year, I still believe this is the number one issue that we're going to have to keep working on this year, and that is building trust and psychological safety in our work environments. In an increasingly volatile world, trust has to be paramount. Leaders who value transparency, open communication, and psychological safety will empower their teams to navigate through times of uncertainty. And if you don't think that this year is going to be an uncertain time, uh, you've got yourself fooled. Uh, One, it's an election year. Anything and everything can happen during this year. We talked about in the last episode, we got a lot of things going on globally. That kind of have things up in up in up in turmoil. Uh, we have a lot of economic issues that we're dealing with. We have a lot of uh, new currencies coming up on the landscape. We have a lot of new alliances. Uh, BRICS is another one uh, that is competing in the environment uh, that we currently used to dominate. We're still doing well, uh, but we used to dominate. So, when in times of uncertainty, we need to make sure that we're focusing on building trust amongst our teams. Trust is the foundational layer to every relationship, uh, and it's even more so uh, in the work environment. So we need to make sure that we are valuing transparency, right? We want people to feel safe that they can bring up unpopular opinions, because I will tell you, it is probably the unpopular opinion that is probably right that nobody is saying in your room, right? So if you're having a meeting and somebody it has a thought in their mind. They're like, you know what? I should probably say this. This is probably going to be a problem, but I'm a little bit fearful that it goes against how the group is thinking, or I'm going to hold back because I'm not quite sure. It might be an unpopular opinion. I could get fired for saying this. You want to create an environment where people feel safe and empowered to talk. We need people to share good ideas, and it can come from the most unlikely places uh, that you can possibly think of, and you're going to get it, and and it's going to be great when it finally does happen, and you're going like, you, to be like, you know what? I never thought about that as being a possibility. I never thought uh, that what you said would actually happen, and you know what? It probably will. Let's find a way to mitigate this risk, right? And as leaders, we mitigate risk. That's all we do. Uh, we empower people and we mitigate risk. As we talked about psychological safety, we still need to be concerned with developing human-centric leadership skills. Because if we don't have people seeking development, 
on human-centric leadership skills, then we're never going to get to building uh, teams of trust, and we're never going to be able to create a psychologically safe environment for our people to work in. Those two just go kind of hand in hand, and that's the reason why I'm listening them one after another. And in effective leadership, we need to rely on empathy and active listening and emotional intelligence. That all goes into the human-centric leadership skills. Leaders who are going to be connected with their teams on a human level are going to foster a stronger relationship, and it's going to drive employee engagement. It's just a natural fact. You know, all too often people are being treated as transactions like, you know, hey, you know, you're in here, I'm paying you to work, you pay a service, goodbye, see you later. No, we need to talk to people, we need to get to know people, we need to understand what drives them, we need to understand what their fears are, what their concerns are, you know, what what brings them joy in their life. Now, how how well do you know your people in the workplace that will actually get after that? It's just an interesting uh, thought. And if you ask people uh, in your area, you'll be surprised at how little they actually know about their coworkers and the people that work on their team. And I say this because you know, if we look at the Gallup poll for last year at the American Workplace Report, they found that only 33% of employees are really engaged in their jobs. And they're highlighting the need for improved leadership to drive motivation and commitment. People will only feel as committed to the team as their immediate manager and supervisor is committed to their team. And if they feel that disconnect, like their manager or their immediate leadership is not as engaged into something that they're engaged into, it's going to create that tension and they're not going to be as engaged. I believe that we can get well above 33% in the workplace if we focus on human-centric leadership skills. You know, in a study by Google, they indicated that psychological safety on teams fostered by empathetic and considerate leadership was was like the single most important factor in team effectiveness. Uh, And that's huge. I can can tell you with my own personal life. Uh, You know, if I'm on teams where I feel like my leadership actually cares about me as an individual, I will perform harder. And I have always taken that into any position that I have gone into in any job where I will always value and treat each and every person and get to know them. And I want to hear the things that I don't want to hear because that's what I need to hear to help mitigate the risks. You know, and then we talk about emotional intelligence. Researchers like Daniel Goleman and Richard Boyatzis, uh, you know, they've shown a strong correlation between high emotional intelligence and leadership, uh, high emotional intelligence and leaders, and positive organizational outcomes like employee retention, increased productivity, and improved customer satisfaction. I mean, if you think about it from a bottom line perspective, if you're workers are more engaged and they're staying longer at the company. It provides more stability for that organization. And if they're more engaged and they're thriving, then their increase in productivity will happen. And then the customer is going to get the value out of how everybody is starting to care a little bit more about the company, a little bit more about the product, and a little bit more about the job that they do. And that's going to increase customer satisfaction because they're going to get the receiving end of all of that which is incredibly important because why do you have a business? Because you want customers, because you want more money. That's it. A business is money in. That's it. That's all it is, right? And if we can't understand how to lead with emotional intelligence and create trust and foster psychological safety on our teams, then leading through volatile times and uncertainty is going to be even harder. I I just have a feeling that next year is going to be even harder with economic instability 
You know, there's still geopolitical tensions and climate change that still remain significant challenges uh, for folks. And leaders need to be able to adapt and be more agile uh, when it comes to recognizing that we need to make strategic decisions about uncertain environments. Uh, and if you haven't listened to the Kinevin Framework um, uh, podcast I did probably about in 2020, it's probably season one or season two if you go back and listen to it. It's a really good episode on a framework on how to navigate through uncertain times. And I talked a little bit last, uh, you know, back in December when I did a live session and that that was pretty good too. Uh, so I just want to make sure that you get every valuable resource uh, that is out there because as we move through volatile and uncertain times, it's going to take strong leadership. It's going to take strong leadership and human connected leaders to make that happen. And then we need to enhance our virtual leadership and collaboration skills. Uh, as we still go into more remote, uh, more hybrid working skills, a lot of leaders out there do not know how to lead through a virtual presence. Uh, we've had you know tons of years where we worked in brick and mortar institutions, and it was easy to see people face to face. It was easy, um, you know, to get accountability. It was easy to talk to people. It was easy to work through problems. But when you are geographically dispersed. You don't necessarily have that option to kind of get to know if someone's feeling a little bit off uh, that day because you don't get to know them as well because you don't interact with them as much. However, if we work on our virtual collaboration skills and our leadership skills on how we navigate through uh, the future on this, then we're going to end up in an environment that is really close to being like in a brick and mortar building, uh, but through a virtual space. And, you know, with coffee badging, I expect, you know, we talked about that in the last episode, I expect probably more emphasis on virtual leadership and collaboration and kind of remote hybrid working uh, to become another central topic for this year. So if you're not looking at, if you're not looking for ways on how to enhance that, I would highly recommend that you start looking at that, right? And then we need to, embrace AI in digital literacy. I would say for the longest time, people had like this weird uh, connection with artificial intelligence. Like it was Skynet and the Terminators were coming and they're going to take over and everyone's going to become obsolete. Well, that's not necessarily true. I think we need to approach AI uh, and artificial intelligence as a tool, right? It is one more thing to help you be more successful faster be more efficient, faster, create more things faster, because all it's going to do is put out what you put into it. So if you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. Artificial intelligence is not smarter than you. It may be able to go get more knowledge to help you collaborate and put everything else together. But artificial intelligence is not smarter than you. And I don't care what anybody says. I will argue this to the point of death. Artificial intelligence is made by humans. So therefore, it is inherently flawed. So if you operate that machinery and that tool, what you get out of that is what you put into it. So if you want better results, you've got to shape the AI to be a better tool. And there's tons of ways you can go about doing that. And if you want an episode on that, I would be more than happy to comment in this episode here and tell me that you want an episode on that and I'll give it to you. 
but we, we need to be more AI literate and we need to understand its capabilities, its limitations and its leverages and how we can use that to drive innovation and efficiency. Over the last two years, I would say AI is starting to come up and be more popular. It's still not really well known and people really don't get everything that it can do for you. Uh, but at the end of the day, it still needs that human connection to make it more personalized. It needs that human-centric connection to make sure we're being ethical with what we're doing with AI. And that takes leadership uh, because it, it you have to be ethical in what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to lose trust and confidence of your customers. It's going to happen. And as we educate ourselves about AI, we need to continuously remember that we need to be lifelong learners and continuously develop ourselves. There, there's tons of books out there. There's tons of you know, literature, there's this podcast, there's my website where I post, you know, bi-weekly blogs on there that you can read. Anything and everything that you can do to make yourself wiser and smarter, we need to be doing that. You know, we need to embrace a growth mindset and emulate that for our people. We need to continually update our skills and keep up with the pace of evolving trends. Um, and if you're not reading books, if you're not interacting with new and cutting edge technologies and new and cutting edge ways or challenging the way that you currently see things and look at it and challenge how can I look at it better in a different way, uh, then you're going to get left behind and you're going to find yourself obsolete. So we need to remember we are continuous lifelong learners and we need to put that into our organization so our organizations can be continuous lifelong learners and we learn from ourselves, our past, and we can move forward into the future. Now, the last two areas that I'm gonna talk about, I'm not quite sure how I feel about these because I would say in majority of the research that I did, they still came up as hot topics, but I would argue it's probably not that big of a deal and that big of an issue. I believe that most businesses and most organizations are doing this correctly. And anything and everything that gets brought up to a public light is probably because something was handled incorrectly, pe treated people not like people, and uh, resulted in you know people being disgruntled and upset and thinking that the world should know how horrible an organization treated them, and rightfully so in many instances. So I would say... You know, when, when we talk about championing diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, this is not going to be a separate initiative, but it's going to have to be woven into the fabric of your organizations and who you are as a leader. You know, we have to make sure that we're looking at this in a way where we understand our unconscious biases and we make sure that we're equitable uh, to everybody. I didn't say equal everybody. I said equitable to everybody. Because uh, oftentimes we say, oh, everybody needs to be equal. Well, you can't make everybody equal. That's impossible. Not everybody can be equal. We are all born into this world. That's as equal as we get. After that, you kind of need to look at the populations. Uh, because if you live in an area that just doesn't have a certain people group that you're looking for, well, you can't make something that doesn't exist. You can try to attract it, attract it, uh, try to have you know, things uh, set in place to bring those into your company. You can recruit it, right? But if you're not fully meeting up to what people say that you should be meeting up to, take a look at your population 
and then do the percentage breakdowns of the population area of which you live and work in. Uh, you know, local, start out local, do city, county, state, the nation. And if you're within the ranges of the ratios and the percentages of what's living there, you're doing pretty good. Don't beat yourself up, right? We, we can always do better, but don't beat yourself up. You're, you're doing good. And I, I think my gut tells me that most businesses and organizations are doing this right. Uh, everyone's trying to be more inclusive. Everyone's trying to make sure that everyone has the ability to have a seat at the table as long as you are certified and qualified to do the job. Um, I think that's a big one. Lastly, you know, businesses, you know, it's a growing trend with the Gen Z that social responsibility is placed on an organization, right? So employees and consumers increasingly value companies with a strong sense of purpose and commitment to social responsibility. So leaders who really focus on sustainability, right? How long can I reuse a bag or how long can I reuse a water bottle? Is this friendly for the economy? You know, how, how long can this product last? Um, and then are we ethical with our practices? Are we doing the right things to make sure that uh, we're not harming any animals or harming any people or doing anything to the environment that we shouldn't be doing? And then getting out there and engaging with the community. Uh, community engagement is going to be critical coming up uh, this year. If you are not on any type of social media engaging with your customers, and engaging with potential customers and letting them know what you're doing when it comes to sustainability and ethical practices, or even just talking to them and saying, hey, this is what we're doing. I want to give you a peek behind the curtain. You're going to end up losing customers. And studies have shown that organizations and businesses are doing this now. They have strong customer satisfaction. They have strong brand recognition amongst their customer base and non-customer base because they're pushing themselves out there. They're putting themselves out there to make sure that they're communicating with people. And open communication goes back to what we had talked about at the beginning, human-centric leadership. Human-centric leadership is critical next year, critical. We have to make sure that we are looking at creating and building trust in everything that we do moving on this year, creating safe places, psychological safety for people to be able to voice dissension, to be able to voice unpopular terms and conditions that you may need to hear so that you don't come into an issue. If you're not creating that place, people will not speak up. And then we got to make sure that you know, we have empathy and we actively listen and we use emotional intelligence and we're developing ourselves to navigate through this. And then if you're not focusing on these areas, you're not doing yourself or your organization any good. So these are the areas that I think uh, we need to focus on throughout this year to better posture us for 2025. And I say the year because it's going to take a long time to turn the boat. Right. And if we're not practicing some of these things now, then we're going to need to start practicing and implementing the ideas so people don't freak out and turn the other way because change is hard. You know, leaders can navigate through uncertain times and lead their teams towards success. And it's 
it's doable. We can we can definitely get through this year, and I'm very optimistic and positive about it. Uh, and if this kind of sounded like a doom and gloom, it's really not meant to be that way. Uh, these are the challenges and the trends that I see that I'm predicting to be issues this year and that are going to be a constant reoccurring theme uh, in your everyday organization, whether you have a small business or large corporation, this is going to apply to you. Guarantee it. And if you're not focusing on it, it probably will bite you in the butt and you're going to remember that, oh man, I should have listened. So as always, I want to thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. And I really hope that you enjoyed it. Before we go, I'd like to ask a favor of you if I could. If you could please share this episode with one or two people who might like this topic. And if you haven't followed or subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to, if you could hit all the bells, the whistles, the follows, the plus buttons, anything you name and a share, that would be great uh, to help us spread the show to people who might not know it yet. And if you got some value out of this episode, if you could please leave a review and a comment so people who haven't found the show, it'll pop up on their algorithm and they can get the goodness and the value out of this as well. Again, Thanks for stopping by. I'm Tim Staten, Staten the Obvious.